Hey everyone, it's Jen and Jess from the beauty podcast, Fat Mascara, here to talk about Sol de Janeiro. So many of the beauty experts we interview on our show say that the key to great skin is to treat every inch of your body with the same attention you give your face. One of our favorite ways to do that is with Sol de Janeiro's Beja Flor Elastic Cream, a rich body cream that's clinically proven to boost collagen and has been shown to improve skin crepiness on the chest in just two weeks. Plus, it's scented with Sol de Janeiro's Charosta 68 fragrance. Sol de Janeiro is offering you 10% off your first order on soldejanero.com and free shipping with the code ACAST10. That's S-O L-D-E-J-A-N-E-I-R-O soldajanero.com and use the code ACAST10 for 10% off. This is Let's Talk About from Style Canada. And let me tell you, we're talking. Let's face it, we talk a lot. We talk about things we love, hot topics, and anything in between. But what about the things we don't talk about? What about the things we want to know but don't know how to ask? Don't worry, we've got you covered. Let's expand our horizons. Let's talk about it. Hi, everyone, and welcome to our last episode of season two as we come to an end of 2022. Today, we're talking about disabilities, advocating for yourself, and body inclusivity with Allison Lang. Allison's mission is to create a more accessible and body inclusive world by sharing her story with others. She was born missing the lower half of her left leg and has overcome bullying and self body shamefulness. She's now a motivational speaker, model, influencer, member of Team Canada Volleyball, which we'll get into in a bit. And she really enjoys creating conversation on this topic. So Allison, you are like the perfect person to end off the year with. Congratulations. Welcome back to Canada. Oh, thank um, you for having me. So much. Yeah, thanks so much for being here. I know some people from the style community might recognize you because we have done some IG lives with you in the past. Um, I'm excited because I'm the one that actually gets to have this conversation with you this time, not someone from the team. So you've (laughs) been on my list of people to talk to for some time now, but you know, I wanted to kind of get started with your story, but I think more importantly, let's get started. You were just sharing with me where you just got back from Bosnia. So congratulations on a silver win. Take us playing volleyball your whole life. I know you're really into sports your whole life, but how long have you been playing volleyball for? Oh, um, I actually got recruited. So I play with Team Canada. Um, I play sitting volleyball. It's like standing, but a little bit different. It's an adaptive sport played at the Paralympics. And I got recruited when I was 16 years old and played until the age of 21, 22. Took some time off uh, to focus on university and then rejoined when I was 27, 28. I'm 29 now for reference. And yeah, we just um, went for worlds in Bosnia. And I mean, we had high hopes. We really wanted to medal and we did. We came home with silver. So that's pretty exciting. Amazing. That's yeah. huge because when I went to my first world championship in 2010 in Oklahoma, we got 12th place. So okay, in so eight years, we've, yeah. We've That's come. Awesome. Yeah. And you, I been... guess you've been doing, if you mentioned since you're, you, it's been a part of your life for a decade, pretty much then. Yeah, basically. Yeah. I love it though. I play with such amazing women and we, on the topic of disability, have a variety of different disabilities on the team, but obviously we've overcome adversity and through that show resilience and come together. And I mean, I'm so excited for everyone learning about the sport that's listening right now yeah. because I was just saying to Allison, I don't know anything about volleyball. So <laughs> go ahead. That's okay. 
<laughs> if you just uh, YouTube sitting volleyball, it's a lot faster than standing. We actually play seated on our butts, which a lot of people don't think okay. we do. Okay. Um, so we move with our hands if we have them or our feet if we have them and scoot around the court to get the ball and then slide and attack. The net is obviously lower. Um, I think it's well, it is 1.05 meters for women and 1.15 meters for men. And then the court is smaller. So it's six by 10 meters instead of the okay. larger size court. So, and then these are obviously women from across the country. How do you all, I mean, even, and I'm curious about this, you know, in sports in general, I guess I've never, I'm not clearly not very sporty, but how do you all, like how often do you all practice? Um, like, how, we how does that work? <laughs> I'm really excited to say this, but I have a break this month just to oh, like, nice. you know, re-energize myself because we've been quite go-go this year, which has been incredible. Um, we are from all across Canada. So we have girls in BC, Alberta, Saskatchewan. I'm in Montreal. We have girls in Ontario and they fly us into Edmonton. So a majority of the team okay. is located Edmonton and a majority of the staff are located there. So okay. it's just more feasible if we fly to one location of a consistent training center. So we meet once a month for five days together, although a lot of us extend our time before or after training camp to train there mm -hmm. um, full time They with the girls that are oh, located wow. there. And We've been traveling nonstop this year. It's been quite incredible. We went to Boston to play a friendly match with the States. We went to the Netherlands to play in a friendly Euro match. Wow. And then um, we just got back from Bosnia. So we're now preparing for zonals. We're hosting zonals in Edmonton this year in May. Okay. And okay. we're quite excited because obviously if we get gold there, we'll get an automatic qualifier qualifying birth spot for the Paralympics for Paris 2024 which is our goal right now oh wow oh my mm -hmm. gosh I feel like you just mentioned all these amazing countries in there too so what like an experience to get to do something that you love and travel to some cool pretty cool places as well yeah. but let's take let's like rewind like 29 years okay <laughs> let's do it I'm ready. take it back just a little <laughs> so can you tell us and I want to start off by just kind of asking the question too like I know you have, and I've listened to you on other podcasts. I know you have a relationship with the word disabled and you're kind of owning that word right now. So we're going to use that word. Is that fair to say? I, I use it every single day. So let's use it. I encourage Perfect. other people to use it and not tiptoe around it because disability isn't a bad thing, nor is it a bad word. So let's Perfect. break that stigma yeah. and start using it day to day. <laughs> Get it on the same page there for everyone listening. So can you take us through like through your journey? Cause I'm sure. And I, I know like I've read your story. I, and I can't imagine the difficulty and like high school time period, how cruel kids probably were. Take us through a little bit about that. Cause then, I mean, hearing all the amazing things you're doing now, um, it, it was obviously a journey to get there. Right. Yeah. Can I actually rewind a little bit before high yeah. school, just so the yeah. listeners kind of know oh, yeah. how to rewind start to, it? Rewind to day one. Okay. Um, <laughs> for those that don't know, but like you mentioned, I was born missing the lower half of my left leg at birth. There was no predeterminers. So my parents had no idea. Ultrasounds all looked okay. And when I was born, the doctor said, there's something wrong with your daughter. We'll be right back obviously panicked my parents. This is like their first child. I'm the oldest of four. So I can't okay. even fathom what my mother was feeling at the time. Yeah. Um, comes back and says, your daughter was born missing one of her legs. And my parents were quick on their feet. They're like, well, how are her internal organs? 
He said, everything else is okay. So cohesively, they're like, okay, that doesn't matter. That's fine. And they actually raised me like anyone else with my siblings, threw me into soccer, swim lessons, you name it. And um, I, growing up, started snowboarding when all my friends did. And I wanted to do all of those things. Although the only setback for me was the judgment of others or like people not knowing what disability was and kind of like excluding me and not knowing how to include me and you know all these buzzwords people are talking about now but I remember in elementary I mean a lot of it my memory has blocked out to be honest Mm -hmm. but I was extremely bullied when I was younger in elementary school both mentally and physically so I had to get a couple revision surgeries as I would grow taller so some days I'd go to school on crutches or in a wheelchair and be pushed over and called Barbie or peg leg. And oh it was horrible. There were some days that I would come home crying, telling my mom, I never wanted to go back to school. I didn't want to be alive. I didn't want to be on this earth. And that it really made me question like the universe in entirety. Cause I'm like, if there is a God or if there is some kind of higher power that everybody talks about why the hell did he put me on earth and choose me to be born with one leg why am I enduring all this pain and because I thought I was the chosen one in like a negative way I I started hating my body and I'm like if people hate my body this much I should too and so being a young female that only stayed with me after my elementary years of grade six I asked my parents if I could switch schools because I just couldn't do it anymore and I went to a new junior high I knew some of the girls from soccer but I knew nobody else so I thought this was my clean slate I didn't wear shorts even in the summer plus 30 degree weather I'd be in pants or I would wear thick like nude tights that would make my two legs look the same and then like capris on top I never showed my knee I was trying out for the soccer team but pulling my socks over my knees to hide my prosthetic and I became so obsessive about it and there were no comments about my body made in junior high and I'm like okay I I finally did it like no one knows about my disability it's okay and then come high school um obviously there's locker room talk. And I found out that the football team had found out about my prosthetic leg, probably from one of my girlfriends talking because I have sleepovers. That's only natural. And I had a great group of friends that did accept me with it, but I was still scared of the judgment of people that I didn't know when, now that I'm older, I'm like, it doesn't even matter what anybody thinks of you. Sure. But hindsight, you know? right? Yeah. Like now hindsight 2020. Yeah. yeah. But I can't believe it was that I mean, I guess I can believe, but it's kind of scary that it was that young, like before grade six, like I'm thinking of friends that have children that are like in grade two or grade three and like to be that cruel, so young, like, mm-hmm. gosh, that's, that's kind of a little bit mind blowing. I mean, it's not, and it is right. And I, yeah. I, I wonder if that's changing a little bit in schools nowadays, but anyway, keep going with your story. Cause I don't want to <laughs> take away from that. <laughs> no problem. And I just want to touch on that. Like, I hope things are changing. And I, as an adult looking back, I'm like, the people, the kids that I was bullied by were probably in so much pain themselves that it was just like amplified through that onto me. And I mean, I feel for kids like that and I hope things are changing in the future. And, um, but yeah, 
Sorry. When you do a lot of speaking, no, I was going to say, I know you do a lot of speaking. Is it, is it at all to elementary schools? Like, do you see any of that changing at a younger age? Cause yeah, I, I think it, we, to your point, like we now, when you're older, you have social media. Mm-hmm. Um, you can see that everyone's different. I'm even thinking of myself, I'm older than you, but like the models looked all a certain way. And now we all look, you know, we're um, shown different bodies, which we weren't before. Yeah. Um, so I'm wondering, and I'm not in schools very often, like I'm wondering if you are, or if you're in talks with people that are maybe in their teens and if they're feeling a little bit different yeah, so than maybe your experience. So funny you ask that. I just want to touch on the magazine thing. Like growing up, that nobody ever looked like me in movies or on magazine covers. No one ever had a disability. Or if they did, they were victimized for it. And or if you look and watch different shows like Glee or even Superstore, the guys that play the ones in the wheelchairs are able-bodied in real life. So they're not even hiring disabled actors, which was just beyond me. But um, it's funny you ask because when I, I have, I graduated with a certificate of design and then I did my photography diploma, but after I didn't feel fulfilled enough. So I went on to get my education degree because I wanted to work with kids. And particularly I worked in an elementary school for three years at an out of school care program. And so I worked with kids from kindergarten to grade six, and I would try my best just to expose them. I think like unspoken exposure is also great therapy and like good learning experience. So I would just go and work at the school in shorts and all the kids everywhere would just see me and it became normalized. Like Mm -hmm. it wasn't something that you really always had to talk about or make a huge deal out of. It was just kind of like, oh, there's Miss Lang. Like she has one leg. Cool. Like on to the next kind of thing. And then I did do my practicums in junior high. And even to this day, I still volunteer with the War Amps Champ program. They helped fund my recreational limbs when I was a child. So just as an adult, I try to share my story with younger amputees or other children that don't know anybody with amputation, just to kind of let them know that, you know, we are human too. We can do anything we put our minds to. We should be included in sports and activities. And like, I think it is changing. There obviously is huge discussion over like diversity now. However, I hope people aren't just talking about those topics to like hit the quota and seem, you know, woke or whatever the term may be. But um, I do think that schools are changing. I am brought in to talk about, you know, disability inclusion. Bullying is a huge one. Um, But I always try to like make it light, you know, like I'll bring a bag full of legs and show the kids like, oh, this is what I use for running. This is what I use for high heels. And it becomes like an interest thing. Like, it's so cute. I find little kids will be like, oh, you're like a superhero or Mr. Gadget or something like that, because I I'm like a quarter robot or, you know, I try to make it light and like, I could see that for for a little kid. Yeah. Yeah. So it ends up being cute. I love the way that it sounds like you're doing it is really it's about exposure in general. Right. And I think, you know, in my younger years and even teen years, there wasn't a lot of exposure. I lived in like an Italian Catholic like community. There wasn't exposure to black people. There wasn't exposure to the LGBTQ population. And they're probably I remember one specific person who um, was in a wheelchair, but there's probably a million other people that had different circumstances that I wasn't aware of. Mm-hmm. But 
you know, I, I think that is maybe one of the pluses of the world that we're living in. And we can see all these different people in the palm of our phone, our hand now, right. And in our phone. Um, and so that that's definitely different in the experience. And I would just think to your point now, they're just like, Oh, that's Miss Lang. Like, of course. Right. Cause they, they're exposed to it at a, at every age now where Mm -hmm. we were so like, and, and do you think that was part of your experience? Do you think the people that were bullying you, was it just that they were so like sheltered or unex? Like, do you, I know you mentioned you think that there was like a hurt, like they themselves are hurting, but I wonder if there was also just like an unawareness or I don't know. I think I know. it could just be a lack of knowledge around it. Yeah. Like I would say that it's still in adults. Like for example, I'll be at the gym working out and I'll have people come congratulate me and I'll be like, why I'm doing the same thing as you. Like, do I, are you going up to, they're not going up to everyone in the gym saying, good job. You made it here today. They're coming to me. Oh my gosh. You're so inspiring. Good job. Like, good for you. Look at you. You're probably in better shape than half of them. But like, it's awkward, (laughs) right? I, I started, so I used to say thank you. And now I don't know if this is like coming off rude, but someone will be like, oh my gosh, you go girl, look at you. And I'll be like, why? For what? And then they feel awkward being like, Cause who's going to be like, Oh, because you have one leg. Good job. Like, that's just weird, but yeah, it's weird. Yeah. It's because yeah. we're unexpectedly in those spaces and people think that, you know, we, they have this preconceived notion that people with disabilities are like the ones that are asking for like help the most or can't access places like this or don't want to show up, which is true. I didn't want to show up to the gym for years, but now I'm comfortable enough to do it, but it's uncomfortable when I'm still not expected to be there Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, totally what do you think like because it it sounded like from you sharing your story there was definitely like darker times was there like a specific situation or something that happened that caused you to spin to spin it in your head and and to kind of move into this different space of like now I'm gonna talk about it I'm gonna share the story or was it like a slow gradual build to get there It's definitely a slow, gradual build. I don't want anyone to think I woke up overnight being like, hmm, I'm okay with my body today. I still struggle. Like I might look confident. I post photos of myself in underwear or showing my leg, but it hasn't always been that way. I worked really hard on my self-love journey. And I would say that it, it's a continuous journey for the rest of our Mm -hmm. lives because our bodies will continue to change over time. But I would say that, you know, I, I journaled a lot. I wrote things that I loved about myself internally and externally, but tried to focus on the more important things. Like you have great friends, great family, you're funny, you're smart, you know, you're outgoing, like just like little key things that I, I took pride in. And with that grew like my self image because I tried so hard to hide my leg forever that when I started, started to accept it, I didn't care about what anyone else thought. And I mean, I'm not saying I wake up every day and I'm like, yeah, I'm so hot, but like I do wake up and I appreciate the body that I've been given because it allows me to do the things that I do every day. Mm -hmm. And with that, like I've, I'm like, who am I living this life for? Ultimately, do I want to continue hiding my leg and dressing in baggy clothes because I'm ashamed of my body or should I embellish it and, you know, like string lights around my prosthetic leg and like put glitter stickers on it and wear high heels and short dresses and, you know, rock it and own it. And that I like faked it till I made it. I was just so long. Well, I think that's true with 
a lot of things, right? It's like you kind of, you act the part till you start feeling the part. So is that, that's kind of what happened? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And now I, I actually love fashion and style and I used to be afraid of the continuous like fashion changes because for me to try and keep up with a prosthetic leg was so hard because you know I can't wear a lot of tight pants I can't get them over my prosthetic foot or you know I didn't want to keep getting my leg carved to be the same size as my calf so if I was wearing tight pants it would look weird and people would notice or I didn't want to wear dresses and all that kind of stuff I never felt feminine enough to wear dresses Mm -hmm. if that makes sense because everything we were always taught when we were younger was like oh be feminine be this like men will like you I don't fucking care what men think anymore you know sorry if I'm swearing on here (laughs) but like it's totally fine now now I'll put on a dress and my leg my prosthetic leg for those that don't know I used to obsess about getting it finished and having it the same color and the same size and now I don't even have a cover on it. It's just a metal rod. And so I put on a dress and I'm like, yeah, I feel like a rock star today. Like I'm edgy. I'm, this is my personality. I'm rough around the edges. Why do I want to fit this mold of somebody else? So Mm. it does take time. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Hey everyone, it's Jen and Jess from the beauty podcast Fat Mascara here to talk about Sol de Janeiro. So many of the beauty experts we interview on our show say that the key to great skin is to treat every inch of your body with the same attention you give your face. One of our favorite ways to do that is with Sol de Janeiro's Beige Flor Elastic Cream, a rich body cream that's clinically proven to boost collagen and has been shown to improve skin crepiness on the chest in just two weeks. Plus, it's scented with Sol de Janeiro's Charosta 68 fragrance. Sol de Janeiro is offering you 10% off your first order on soldejanero.com and free shipping with the code ACAST10. That's S-O-L-D-E-J-A-N-E-I-R-O, soldejanero.com and use the code ACAST10 for 10% off. And I, I appreciate that. And I kind of want to, just have a little bit of an open conversation about this that what are the things that because you mentioned like putting the jeans on right like mm-hmm. I wouldn't have really thought of that right like I wouldn't have thought of the size of the foot and getting what are some of the things that like we just don't you know might not realize that you would have had to kind of find a workaround for right like whether it's tight jeans skinny yeah. jeans which you would have been in that trend gosh I don't know is that I can't keep up with the jean trend but yes like I'm all for this wide leg jean trend I love it Um, what what were the other and you mentioned too like the picking the right color for the prosthetic I wouldn't have even 
thought through that? Like, what are the things that we don't know about, I guess, in this experience? There's probably so much, but number one is how expensive prosthetics are. Well, I was kind of going to ask that, like you mentioned the war amps. So they assisted you in getting the ones for, uh, for running, you said? Well, for any recreational limb. So if, if anyone's thinking of giving this holiday season or in the new year, the champs uh, program through the war amps is really great. They take donations and that money goes towards helping fund prosthetic legs for child amputees. And they, they helped me my whole life and getting like a snowboard leg or a running leg and a swim leg, because you don't even think about it, but it's not like a one shoe fits all. I don't get one prosthetic and it works for everything because Mm -hmm. obviously different mechanics and waterproof casing and all of that. And I always joke because whenever I go traveling, I always have an extra leg in my bag. (laughs) People are like, (laughs) why why is your suitcase so heavy? And I'm like, well, I have an extra limb with me. (laughs) But one thing a lot of people don't know is, so the prosthetic that I wear every single day actually costs almost the price of a brand new car. Oh my gosh. Yeah. They, they can be between like 10 to 30,000. It depends if you're a below knee amputee or an above knee. And if you have to have a mechanical knee, like they can even range more than that, depending on what kind of technology. And is there coverage for it? Like how, how does one pay for yeah. that? So as a, like as a child and they're continuing to help me a little bit as an adult, which is amazing, but they'll cover the cost of it. Yeah. Okay. And or like try to cover most of the cost, part of the cost. And then the rest of it gets, goes to the government. And there is like a health benefit um, allowance basically that you have with the government, but it's not good coverage. Like I'm still trying to hopefully change that and educate people because I mean, if you look at the government, that's like making these rules on how much we can spend on prosthetics a year, or even people that need orthotics or other kinds, crutches wheelchairs that kind of stuff they max it out and I can qualify for a new prosthetic I think every four years but like your weight if your weight fluctuates as women our weight fluctuates a lot more depending on the month and I need adjustments made and you know recently I made a TikTok (laughs) it didn't blow up but um I did I do (laughs) try to talk about these things to educate people and I have a knee sleeve that keeps my prosthetic on and I had it for two weeks and it got a hole in it and I'm like what the heck this is supposed to last me three months I'm only qualified to get them every three months so I go to my prosthetic clinic and they're like no it's too late we can't send it back and I'm like but it's malfunctioned and they're like well you can buy a new one so I was like well whatever I need it I'll just buy a new one what's buying one out of like you know the whole year it costs 200 or 2264 dollars for a knee sleeve I'm like that's highway robbery to disable that, people. I'm blown away by that. Yeah. That's that's great. So you mentioned wanting to do some advocacy work. It sounds like with the government, what, like, what does that look like? Are the war amps doing work like this? Like how, how can people get involved? What, where are you on that journey? I'm sure, look, I say that like, so I'm sure it is a big <laughs> task because I always think of um, like the cancer journey that I've gone through and lobbying the government for those things. So I can mm-hmm. only imagine, like, I feel like there's probably some similarities in how there isn't a lot of funding for these things. So what, like, what does that look like through your lens? Oh my gosh. I don't even is there, like, is this too short of a podcast for that? I guess so. Yeah. We might have to do a part two, <laughs> but I mean, I'm, I'm just starting that now because okay. I mean, 
it, it takes a long, a lot of time and energy to do that kind of stuff as it's I'm a sure whole other you know, job. Like but you people, have to, yeah. uh, and I'm not, to be honest, like I'm just hearing the conversations that happen. Like I'm not so hands into it. Um, but yeah, because it is, it's like a, that's someone's yeah. job, right? Like, yeah. But yeah. like writing to your MLA or signing petitions and that kind of stuff, like I'm looking to get that kind of I guess snowball effects started yeah. at some point once I gather more information, because I mean, I I've been disabled my whole life, but I will be the first to admit that I don't know everything about disability or coverage or things mm -hmm. of that nature, especially since it's different in every province. So it's really hard to get like a blanket idea of it. Okay. So that's my next project. I really want to become this voice of reason or, you know, whether I'm at the forefront or someone else's. I really want to assist in those that are fighting for more equality and accessibility and that kind of nature. I, I do get asked by recently, I had the city of Montreal ask me if I would do a phone interview about the accessibility of Montreal, which is like, you know, it's, it's the oldest, one of the oldest cities in Canada and we have cobblestone streets and most of our metros don't even have elevators in them. So it's not a super accessible city. And a lot of the shops have like three to five steps to get into them, which, you know, if you were, if I had to use crutches one day, I would just choose not to go outside. I also live on the second story of an apartment with a long staircase. So it's, it's one of those things where I'm trying to expand my knowledge about how other people live, yeah. how I live, because everybody's <laughs> story is a little bit different. Their life experiences are different. So you can't really like put this umbrella over it all mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. hopefully long term like hopefully the next time we chat there will have been made some changes in how the government sees disability fingers crossed well I appreciate you just sharing even the amounts because I had no idea because mm -hmm. that that is I mean to go out of pocket for some of those things like you mentioned the the knee brace like that or the knee sleeve that in and of itself that's not even the main thing that you need right yeah. like so, wow. I'm, but have you noticed if, since you were a child, like technology getting better, like has technology oh. really helped in this world? I'm imagining. Absolutely. Um, yeah. you had asked me if like, there's anything else aside from the genes that I ever yeah. struggled with. And oh my gosh, as a kid, even Kate, I always wanted to fit in with the trends. Shoes was the biggest challenge for me as amputee, as leg amputees. That's probably one of our biggest challenges because okay. for the longest time I had a leg that stayed at 90 degree angle. So okay. even the slightest high heel, even if you took a pair of flat ballet flats and they had just a little bit of a heel, I wouldn't be able to wear them because it would throw my hips and my gait off and it would start hurting my lower back. I wouldn't be able to walk properly. So I always had to have flat shoes. Now I'm so lucky. Like I just got a high heel leg last year. This is my first high heel leg my whole life and I'm 29. So I'm rocking the high heels. I saw it on your Instagram. Like, Thank it looks you. great. <laughs> Even when it's not like high heel season or an event, I'm like, it's an excuse to wear high heels today. Yeah. I'm going to do it because I have so much catching up to do. But even now that I have a high heel leg, I can't wear like the little skinny stilettos. That's not enough of like a support, surface area support okay. for someone with one leg. So I always have to have the chunky heel, but you know what that will do. And now that I'm older, I'm like, long-term, that's better for you anyway. You don't want yeah. to be like, I don't your ankles. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, shoes were a nightmare. So was there any other brands and give some brand shout outs that you feel like did a great job? Like 
designing or accommodating or anything like that or now maybe are doing a good job yeah so there's actually this really good brand from I think it's Australia I've worked with them briefly Australia or New Zealand somewhere down under but um they do like these zipper shoes so you can completely Mm -hmm. zip open the front of your toe all the way up and they make little booties um running shoes they're called every human and it's creating accessible footwear so I mean as a kid, that would have been great because for me, even now as an adult, I always have a metal shoehorn in my purse because I break the plastic ones too easily (laughs) and no one ever has a shoehorn at their house. And it takes me like a minute or two to put on or off my shoes, but yeah, they're a great company. Obviously Tommy Hilfiger came out with an adaptive wear line. Um, in New York now there's this new, um, runway of dreams that, you know, showcases accessible fashion mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. disabled models. And I'm hoping to get involved with them. So if they're listening, I would love that. But uh, yes. <laughs> just, you know, showcasing that fashion can be fun and also accessible. And I'm, I'm so fortunate to partner with a lot of brands as a model and an influencer. And I'm hoping one day that I can create an accessible adaptive line with like a partner of some sort to show that fashion can be fun and vibrant but also accessible but not just for disabled peoples like anybody can wear and sport this clothing without having it be labeled just for those with disabilities because I find so much excess like adaptive clothing is still dark undertones like black white gray fashion forward or yeah it's not fashion forward and I'm like okay, yes, I have a disability but it doesn't mean I don't want to wear bright colors and have fun with my style you know so I am hoping for that one day, but. Well, you definitely are becoming, I feel like quite the fashionista just looking at your your Instagram lately. I'm like, oh, she's like really, I loved these, like the one pair of camel chunky boots that you had on and maybe a recent post, but yeah. Oh, thanks. Yeah. That was my partnership with Call It Spring. They, a lot of their boots have zippers on the interior that open right up that are super easy for my prosthetic to get into. So I'm always on the hunt for shoes like that. And I obviously feel inclined to share it with my community because I have so many amputees that follow me so I'm how like, has oh. yeah like let's move a little into how it has been building a community like what has that you know was I'm assuming that's been somewhat rewarding maybe somewhat exhausting at points in times too but can you take us through it what that journey has been yeah so I just want to start by saying that I never anticipated that I'd be someone with an online presence like I wanted to be a teacher I'm not a teacher now but this is what I'm doing as I'm modeling influence like being an influencer doing speaking gigs and playing for team Canada which is already like an array of random different things but (laughs) you got a lot going um, on now you're gonna be advocating designing a fashion line oh my gosh fingers crossed hopefully (laughs) 2023 yeah. (laughs) yeah um but it started with me falling in love with traveling and so I started just taking photos for my own collective like memories and sharing them online but obviously if I'm on the beach in Thailand I can't really hide my prosthetic so I'm posting photos and I started this hashtag called hop around the world with me which because I have one leg (laughs) and I just started using this hashtag and then all of a sudden people would message me like mothers being like oh, I'm so happy I found your page. I have a daughter with a disability. And I didn't ever think that she could lead this kind of lifestyle. And now that I see you independently traveling, because I I traveled a lot of countries. I've now traveled 31 countries and I've done over half of those by myself. So just having people follow that journey 
I'm like, oh shit, maybe like, you know, I didn't have a role model when I was younger. Maybe I can become that for other kids. Mm -hmm. And if I'm getting one message from a mother with a child with a disability, I wonder how many other people aren't saying anything that are also following along. Right. And over time, yeah, I just ended up becoming more vulnerable. I would do like different written captions or videos or posts showcasing my leg. And now I've taken to TikTok and YouTube and I obviously have different audiences or community members on different platforms, but I'm so grateful for these people that allow me to be vulnerable. And they've been so encouraging to do that online, which is quite uncommon. Obviously I still get the hate comments, which I'm, I'm trying my best to block out or right now I'm just on like a huge deleting spree. Cause I'm like, you know what? This is my space. I don't need you here. Like I get to choose who shows up. So power to that and whoever, someone else talked about that online I'm like oh I need to adapt that and just you know, I like that it. yeah I mean it is your space right and it's your story yeah. that you're sharing and I you know like positives and negatives to everything but it sounds like a lot more positives because to yeah. your point like you're really changing that younger person's experience to like you just said sharing and showing right mm-hmm. and and giving them someone to just look at. I think there's so much in life that it just if we could just see one example of someone that we can relate to, it just makes our own personal experience that much easier. So like kudos to you for opening up because I'm sure that is not easy in any aspect and <laughs> um, takes, I'm sure just a lot of energy day in and day out to do. Um, so yeah, I mean, congratulations on the silver and congratulations on that because those <laughs> Thank are you. both, <laughs> both so have their own, yeah, both have their own nuances, right? But yeah. I mean, you mentioned a little bit about what you have, what you'd like to look at for next year in terms of advocacy. You mentioned the fashion line. What does 2023 look like for you? Any plans in the works that I, more travel, it sounds like? Yeah, well, more travel for Canada. I was so fortunate to travel a lot this past year. I'm a little exhausted now. So I'm looking (laughs) forward to having December off and then getting back into training come January. But yeah, we'll be going to a couple different places this coming year again, um, just to train with other teams in preparation for zonals and then World Cup next November in Egypt. And then I don't know, I'm just... I'm looking forward to kind of a clean slate for next year. I just find it like refreshing. I know a lot of people are like, oh, I don't want to set goals, but I'm such a goal oriented person. I guess not even goals. I love checklists. So I've already made lists of that. I just would love to speak more in schools to help educate kids or um, yeah, maybe start thinking about maybe an adaptive line of some sort, whether even that's just sketches coming into the making for the new year, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty happy. And what I'm doing now, as far as online and with volleyball, but no big plans yet, but stay tuned. <laughs> well, and where can everyone find you so they can follow along the journey? Yeah. All of my platforms are Allison E. Lang. So that's with two L's, A-L-L-I-S-O-N-E-L-A-N-G. And I'm on all of the platforms almost, I think. <laughs> unless, there's to keep new, track. unless there's a new one that's released by the time this episode gets released in a couple yeah. weeks. Hopefully you're, hopefully not. <laughs> <laughs> but Allison, yeah. it was so nice chatting with you today. I so appreciate you taking the time. Thank you so much for having me. It's always a blast chatting with you guys. Yeah. Thank you for tuning into this conversation. We will have a brand new one on a brand new topic every Monday. If you were intrigued by anything in our conversation, we encourage you to talk about it. Tell a friend, 
post on social media, take action in your very own way. Subscribe to get the newest episode at your fingertips as soon as it drops. Until next time, check out Style Canada, a disruptor in the media for its community of inquisitive style seekers. You can find us at style.ca or on social media. Just like this podcast, Style Canada is not just about style. It's about living a lifestyle that leaves people open to evolution and opportunity. This episode was hosted by Elise Gasparino. The music credit goes to Raspberry Music, and it was brought to you by Style Canada. Hey, everyone. It's Jen and Jess from the beauty podcast, Fat Mascara, here to talk about Sol de Janeiro. So many of the beauty experts we interview on our show say that the key to great skin is to treat every inch of your body with the same attention you give your face. One of our favorite ways to do that is with Sol de Janeiro's Beja Flor Elastic Cream, a rich body cream that's clinically proven to boost collagen and has been shown to improve skin crepiness on the chest in just two weeks. Plus, it's scented with Sol de Janeiro's Charosta 68 fragrance. Sol de Janeiro is offering you 10% off your first order on soldejanero.com and free shipping with the code ACAST10. That's S-O L-D-E-J-A-N-E-I-R-O soldejanero.com and use the code ACAST10 for 10% off.